Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out. Hey everybody, V8 Salute Podcast powered by Repco. It is our usual Monday Repco Supercars Weekly, and it is a Supercars Week because they're back in action at Sandown this weekend, the Penrite Oil Sandown Super Sprint. And as a Melbourneian, I am thrilled. Supercars are back, racing in Melbourne for the first time since November 2019. One man who joins me on the Zoom call today who has not been in Australia for some time. He's our favourite non-Australian Kiwi. Uh, Greg Murphy, <laughs> welcome to Repco Supercars Weekly. We miss you. We love you. We can't wait to have you back in our country. But uh, Sandown, this weekend, it's got to bring back some happy memories. Oh, brings back mega memories, uh, Aaron. You know, the the that circuit there, the history behind it, um, you know, there's just great racing. I, I, I really like it as a racetrack too. I mean, it, a lot of people say it's all it's all quite simple. There's a couple of big long straights separated by a couple of corners, but there's a lot more to it than that. And, and um, you know, I've got significant great memories of the place. And not so much of the weather. So hopefully uh, 2021, at this time of the year, racing at Sandown, um, we see uh, see some fine weather, Melbourne weather. I think we've seen every situation possible from Sandown in terms of where it's been on the calendar in the championship over the years and it hasn't made a difference basically we, we shouldn't bother worrying about what month it's in because we'll get four seasons in one day it's just what happens yeah it is you're absolutely likely likely to have that I mean I, I mean the 500 was just a a, a, a favorite of mine you know um just the, the whole build up to Bathurst you know that we used to have in September there that yeah, it was it was it was just an, a mega mega build up opportunity for Bathurst and then that race has, has got such a significance uh, you know on a trophy that has just got um, you know the, the biggest names of the sport on it but um, to be going back there uh, obviously filling in for the cancelled Grand Prix um, you know awesome for for Melbourne fans to actually have supercars back there and and, um, and be able to enjoy some uh, some supercar action for sure. Yeah it's the 51st time Murph that Sandown's hosted what was the Australian Touring Car Championship? It's now, of course, the Repco Supercars Championship. More uh, rounds at that track than at any other track in the history of the championship. Just goes to show how uh, uh, how important it is and where it sits in the grand scheme of things. Uh, it's a place where you've got to rewind a fair way back to 2019 to remember uh, the last time we were there. It was the 500 on the Sunday, won by Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes, and they each split the qualifying races um, on the Saturday. So Triple Eight's got great form at, at this track over the last what four or five years because they've uh, won plenty of races over the journey. Um, and we, saw, I mean, we saw they locked out the podium in 2018, mm. all three yep. cars, and then uh, they won the 500 with Wink Up and Lounge. Should have had a one too in in 19 because Van Gisbergen and Tander were on their way to victory before what 10 laps to go and the, the rear end fell apart. 
Yeah, that's right. uh, so they've got to start as the favourites, not just because Van Gisbergen's the championship leader after Bathurst, but can you see anyone upsetting their apple cart at Sandown this weekend? Well, not really. Uh, it, you're exactly right. Just the statistics speak for themselves. And I don't know quite why they've performed at such a high level there um, just repeatedly year after year. Um, but based on on those stats and the speed that they have started the season with, specifically with, with SVG, um, it, it is hard to go past uh, seeing them having success again this weekend. Jamie's got a little bit of catching up to do based on his performance at, at Bathurst, but he, he's, he's got the proven track record there and something just, um, you know, finds its way into his car and into him and when he when he turns up there. So, uh, you know, they're going to be very, very quick out the gate, no question about it. As long as SVG has uh, sorted out one slight little hurdle that uh, he <laughs> put in, in the game there last weekend on his mountain bikes. Uh, let's hope um, that's all getting sorted and, and he's going to be fit for, for the weekend. We'll wait and see how that unfolds. I'm still not convinced that he's 100% oh. for this weekend's racing because you think about it. I've broken a collarbone before. I didn't get a plate inserted. It was to repair naturally. And in fact, you know, 20-odd years on, it's still no good. Uh, how's he going to go with a... a a hands device over the top of it with a, a seat belt that's really firmly tight, wedged in and, and locked into the harness. Sandown's not a very bumpy track. Some of the braking areas are, I mean, but it's not as um, punishing as a street track like an Adelaide or something like that would be. He's still going to be hurting. It's going to be a rough weekend for him, even if he's good to go. I don't think it matters what kind of track it is. I mean, we do you do bounce over a fair few curbs at uh, Sandown, you know, down through turn two, three, you, you really do smack those curbs pretty hard. The cars take it all these days. They are, you know, very, very well controlled in the damping and, and that, that area of things of the suspension. But I don't think it matters what track it's going to be at. I mean, you just said it, you know, uh, a hands device over the top of your collarbone and uh, with, you know, tightly pulled down with the straps. I mean, you've got to have seatbelts tight in these cars these days. You've got to be one with the seat, one with the car, and there's just no other way to, you know, to get around it. So it is going to be a massive challenge um, medically-wise as far as a medical goes from uh, – uh, for the sport, I mean, he's going to have to get cleared by uh, Dr. Carl, I would have thought, um, before he's able to, to get in there and, and go driving. So yeah, I think there's a few hurdles to 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 be jumped between now and, and when practice starts on Friday. Now, speaking of a few hurdles, Dick Johnson Racing has Sandown hurdles because I was doing the numbers during the week. They've only had one podium at this track in the last 10 years, and that was – Scott McLaughlin and Alex Premer, when they finished, uh, I think they were runner-up in 2017 in the 500 to Cam Waters and Richie Stanaway. For a team that has dominated the last few years of the championship, three championship wins for McLaughlin, obviously we didn't get to race at Sandown last year, but I know the first half of the decade was pretty lean for DJR. They were in a, a troubled state, but I'm staggered that of that number. They have not been on the trophy hunt at Sandown for a long time. No, no, they haven't, and it's um, it is it is something of a um, an interesting fact because I mean, just look at the performance of of Scott and that team while he was there, just about everywhere else. I mean, it is it's a, an incredible amount of um, you know uh, trophies and podiums and great performances and results. So uh, that place is going to be interesting, and now they go there with um, you know a couple of fresh pilots, um, still learning. Um, I spoke learning, learning those cars, learning the craft around how 
that team operates um, and some of the idiosyncrasies. Because every every single team, no matter if it's a Mustang and you've, you've gone from one team that's got a Mustang, go to another team that's got a Mustang, we, we do things differently. Every team has got its own way of, of just adjusting and, and, and seeing the rule book and, and, and the understanding of it and how they just go about putting it all together. And, um, you know, that is something that those two guys are still getting used to. So on top of the fact they don't have a great track record, they've got to do a bit of relearning. I mean, I vividly recall, unfortunately, having to um, to be there and interview Tim Sindrick after the uh, the penalty was handed down around the Bathurst engine situation um, uh, a couple of years ago. And, you know, that was another significant, you know, terrible moment at Sandown for that team to to have, uh, you know, the right uh, act read to them and have that, that, that penalty applied. So it, it hasn't been a great stomping ground for them at all. They were moved to the back of the grid, uh, but they did enough in that race for McLaughlin to basically seal the championship before yeah. the final round. Uh, we go sprint racing this weekend at Sandown Murph. So three sprints, two on Saturday. Uh, sorry, one on Saturday, two on Sunday. Uh, short, sharp, fast. Uh, we don't see the uh, the 250K format races that we saw at Mount Panorama a few weeks ago. Give me a take. Do you like the fact that there's bonus points on the line, five points for each of these sprint races this weekend, for the fastest lap, yes or no? Yeah, I do. I like it. I, I, I do. I think it's it, it creates opportunity um, uh, for, for drivers. Um, you know, it gives them a shot at, uh, you know, getting a few more points. And listen, it depends. I suppose it does depend on how people look at it and, and the position they're in. So, you know, someone like Gisbergen, he's the kind of guy that he's out the front, right? Um, he's in control of the race. And you know what? I'm going to have a crack at this, and he does it and has a go and puts it on the line to just get those points because he's just that type of bloke. He's got the confidence in his own ability to actually do it and and just put another tick up against everybody else in the, in the field. You know, it's like a bit of a I'll show you guys kind of deal. Um, I don't think everyone's obviously in a position to be able to go and do it, and there's not everyone that's going to be focused on it, but he's the kind of guy that is, and I, I just think it's a great little addition to the to the storytelling of, of a weekend. So, no, I'm, I'm a fan. I like the fact that they're doing it. I think they need to give them for all the races, though. Don't just give them for the sprints. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it for all of them, no matter what the distance is. Yeah. By the way, Van Gisbergen has not won a supercars race yet at Sandown. So just another little note or quote to put in your file for uh, the weekend. Brad Jones Racing, they just suck at this place. They have <laughs> never had any form. They've never, ever, Gregory, had a podium at this place in all the years they've been going there. The best they've done is fourth, and the last time they were fourth was 2009 with Cam McConville, and that was, remember, when we had the soft tyre deal where it was one set for your car for the weekend, and you could choose when to do it, and and BJR played the game with both he and JR's cars, Jason Richards, and they saved them up for Sunday, and they came charging through and got a result. So uh, let's, let's keep an eye on if they can reverse some of the form that they've had in the past at Sandown and get Nick Perk out and... Um, Todd Hazel and those guys up there, but I, I think it's going to be a, a bit of a struggle. One thing I want to cover off, Repco Supercars Weekly, Murph, we always do on this day. The date today is March the 15th in both Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we're on the same date at the moment. March 15, 1997, it just so happens is the mm. day to the date that you made your Australian Touring Car <laughs> Championship debut at Calder <laughs> under lights for a couple of those races with the Holden Racing Team. You won the first race from pole. You got your ears boxed by, I think, Alan Jones and Russell Ingle. You ended up fourth for the round. Wayne Gardner won his only 
V8 Supercar Championship round. But is my memory right? As a young cadet journalist for Motorsport News, I have a memory of you driving out of the pits on the roll-around lap to go to the grid before it was even the warm-up lap, and someone left the windscreen bonnet pin, uh, sorry, the bonnet pins out of the bonnet, and it smashed the windscreen. Is that right? Well, pretty much. You're exactly on it. Now, 1997, oh, my goodness gracious me, that is on this day. That is, that is yep, that is uh, something to remember. Uh, but I actually wasn't driving the car. It was a little bit worse, the story. So Rob Starr, um, guru Rob Starr from the Holden Racing Team, uh, Walken Shaw, Andretti United there for, for uh, oh, so for, forever. And he's, he's still uh, there. He's still there. They haven't got rid exactly. of him for this. He, exactly, and he's just been a stalwart of the game and um, very loyal to that operation, obviously, as well. He was um, driving the car because, the, obviously, the paddock and the pits were right around the back of the um, the track there. You know, everything was remotely done. Um, and so he's driving the car uh, around to the yeah, around to the, the, the pit lane and the, the bonnet pins went down up and I think it was his job and, and he sees that it was a, something that he forgot to do. So he took it pretty badly because the bonnet whacked up at the windscreen. I'd walked around to the, uh, to the pit lane uh, to get ready for the race and the, the, it turns up there and there's panic and there's all sorts of stuff going on and, you know, there's tears and, well, there wasn't probably, but I made that bit up. Um, but it was it was all on and I was like, what's happened, what's happened? And anyway, this is what had happened. It didn't actually have any effect on us uh, for the rest of the for the rest of that evening, but it was under lights. It was, a, it was an amazing night, an amazing day for me. Yeah. First time solo uh, in the championship at Calder Park and stuck it on pole there. Car was pretty good at the time. Unfortunately, things sort of went a little bit backwards after that uh, for a fair bit of the championship, but um, still, how about that, eh? All those years ago. Mm. 20 years, that yeah. 24 years. Bloody hell. Yeah. Just a few. Uh, 25th anniversary next year. Let's have a cake next time. Hey, eh? yeah. Why not? Next year, we can do that. Hey, don't forget, too, for everyone listening, the garage is the place to go to uh, through the Repco website, whether you're in Australia or New Zealand, repco.com.au or repco.co.nz. Uh, exclusive content, competitions, uh, interesting and amazing experiences. It's a place to check out online right throughout the course of the year, the garage through Repco. Um, we're doing some great content here from a V8 sleuth end. Uh, we filmed a bunch of stuff at Mount Panorama a few weeks ago with some Cars at the museum. We took Sam Brabham for a wander around to have a look at some of Jack's cars that he'd never seen before, uh, including the Tirana that got rear-ended on the grid at Bathurst uh, back in 1976. You can catch all that stuff in the garage on the Repco website. Uh, Sandown, this weekend, it's a two-day race meeting, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Lowndes is in action. He's in the Porsche Carrera Cup supporting the supercars, the S5000 open wheelers and the Heritage Revival category, which has got a bunch of old Group A, Group C, Group N cars. John Bowers having a run in a Corvette, so it's a really cool little mix of cars. I'll be out there to check out all the action. Uh, Gregory, we look forward to getting you back over this side of the ditch at some stage soon, but uh, we look forward to chatting you in some future episodes of Repco Supercars Weekly. I know you're going to be doing some some stuff with Repco over that side of the ditch as well, so look forward to more of your, your insight and your, your viewpoints on the championship as it unfolds. This week, in a couple of days, episode number... 100. Our guest on the pod has never won Bathurst, has never started a V8 supercar race, but he's captured every driver just about whoever has. He's retired photographer, Dirk Kleinsmith. He's got some amazing stories. He's taken some of the most evocative, amazing photos in Australian motorsport history, including of you, Gregory, and all of your racing over this side of the ditch and in New Zealand. 
Uh, and we're going to have a chat to Dirk about his amazing career, how he got started in the game, some of the funny stories from along the way. And he tells us the time that he raced Elle McPherson in the Australian Grand Prix celebrity race in a BMW. <laughs> True story. That is going to be worth listening to. Dirk is a yeah, store of the sport. Uh, yeah, the stuff that he has seen, a lot of stuff that he will never be able to unsee as well, Aaron. <laughs> well, he was looking through the, the lens of a camera, so he saw it uh, in a magnified way, more than just yeah. about all of us. He is episode 100, our sit-down chat, later in the week on the VH Loop podcast, powered by Repco for the moment. Though that's Repco Supercars Weekly done. Murph, thank you. We will chat to you soon. Enjoy the racing this weekend from Sandown. Can't wait. It is going to be great. Supercars at Sandown. What could be better? Uh, double dose of supercars at Sandown. That's all I've got. Anyway, we're done. Repco Supercars Weekly in the books. We'll chat to you Wednesday with our episode 100 with Ace Lensman, Dirk Kleinsmith. We'll chat to you then. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online. Thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out.